0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 27, 2018. Today we are reading from the Big Book, Chapter 4, and we're at page 44, the first paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12 Steps, Esther F., 12 Traditions, Lee H., and reading the text are Susan H., Katie G., and Martha Z., The reference numbers for Monday, March 26th are, for the 7 a.m., 11,212. And unfortunately, um, there was technical difficulty, so we do not have uh, a recording for the 10 a.m. meeting. 08, Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA
1: Good morning, guys. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. 5. Admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. 6. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 7. Humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admit it. Eleven, stop through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Esther. I will now ask Lee H. to read the 12 traditions.
2: Good morning, Katie. This is Lee H., a recovered compulsive overeater from Nashville, Tennessee. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirements for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name Directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name never ought to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all those traditions, ever reminding us to place principles over personalities. Thank you for letting me do service this month, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Lee. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute the phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 44, the first paragraph. And Susan H. will begin reading just that one first paragraph, thank you.
3: Hi, this is Susan H., (laughs) recovered compulsive eater from Ohio. Grateful this morning. Chapter four, We Agnostics. In the preceding chapters, you have learned something of alcoholism. We hope we have made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. Only a spiritual experience will conquer, um, and this speaks the truth right up front. Uh, this truth can terrify certain people, and it did me. I had spent a large part of my life alternately searching for God or pretty sure he was not available to me. I, I would call myself an agnostic. or At the, at the time, I would anyway. Um, I was so sure of my worthlessness from a lifetime of compulsive eating versus trying to control it and failing miserably that I just did not think... Uh, the master of the universe here could uh, could take an interest in my little problems um this paragraph starts out by kind of reviewing what the problem is so you identify in one more time and then turns you toward the spiritual experience that can conquer it um I'm just grateful for the spiritual experience of being a part of it. Uh, What frightened me at first has been the true gift that I have received from this program. I just, I had no idea that there there was a higher power and he's with me and he's with me always and he was with me always. I, I just did not have access. So I'm very grateful for what I've learned and and for the spiritual experience that has been sufficient to make a personality change in me. Um, I will pass. Thank you, Susan.
0: Okay, if you're just joining us, we're on page 44, the beginning of chapter four, we agnostics. Um who would like to sh- share on that first paragraph?
4: Yeah, Katie KDG H- G from Boston. Mary
0: Katie G Larry K., Harlan
5: G., Jackie in Charleston,
0: Jackie with Rachel, Amy G., okay. Okay, well, let's go with that group. Um, Nancy H., Katie G., Larry K., Harlan G.,
6: Jackie,
7: and Amy G. Go ahead, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy H. from Massachusetts. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And this uh, paragraph, would, if anyone looked at this paragraph um, and tried to determine if they were an alcoholic or not, or a compulsive overeater, um, they would have no doubt, actually, because if you, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely, or if when drinking you have little control over the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. And that to me means that. Um, I'm not a weak-willed glutton. I'm not a, a bad person trying to be good. I'm a sick person trying to get well. And it means to me that I don't have control, so there's no question in my mind as to whether I have this disease or not. And I can't quit. When I start, I can't quit. And once I've quit, I can't seem to um, stay stopped. And uh, when I have little control over the amount I take. So the big, big uh, biggest uh, most influential piece here for me was that you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer and for me that is the definite truth so as a sponsor I feel as though my job is not to tell people what to do but to guide them towards a relationship with their higher power or to determine a higher power for them not for me to determine it but to determine it with them and um, it, it really hits me that Only a spiritual experience will conquer this because I used to think that I could do it on my own, and I used to think the next diet was going to do it, and every time I'd sit down and decide on a diet for Monday morning, I'd have my last supper on Sunday night, and next thing you know, Monday morning, oh, maybe by Monday afternoon, I'd be eating again. So I have no control, and this spells it out so that there's no question at all as to whether um, I have the disease or not. And the cha- chapter, We Agnostics, is called We Agnostics, means that I better find a way to uh, make, uh, develop a relationship with a higher power. Whether I'm an ag- agnostic atheist or whatever, I still have to have that higher power because nothing human will stop me from eating compulsively. So today I'm very grateful that it five months and I'm not eating compulsively, and it feels really good. The promises are, are coming true again for me and i thank you for letting me share i pass
0: thank you nancy excuse me um katie g it's your turn good
4: morning katie good morning everyone this is katie g recovered compulsive overeater anorexic and bulimic and i'm starting my timer yeah so the first thing i love about this it's we we agnostics so right away it's telling me hey yo katie g you're one of us right so what's agnostic? I mean, I've heard a, a many definitions, some that make sense to me, some that don't, you know, that God is God, God is not able to be known. It's not possible to know God's will. Um, you know, one of my favorite alcoholics says, you know, agnostic means I might say that there's a God. Um, you know, I might talk about God, but then I play God, right? So it's a disconnection between me and God. And, um, you know, saying you, know, you can't prove Excuse me, Katie
0: Katie, you sound very muffled. Okay. Hang me. on one second. There you there you are.
4: All right, Katie, is that better? Yes. Okay, sorry about that. So then it says to me, So, okay, so you have this problem with agnosticism, but really, um, like it's more identification in. So can you quit entirely? So a lot of people you know, they come into the rooms and they're like, yeah, you know, I've had a good couple days, but I can't put this down or I can't put that down or, or whatever it is. Like the rationalization, justification, and defensiveness around food, right? And we've talked about you have to have entire abstinence to start this process. Or if you get entirely abstinent, you can't you can't stay there. Um, you're one of us, again. So you're and you have this illness and an illness is an unhealthy condition of mind and body. And so then it tells me only a spiritual experience will conquer. And, you know, a lot of people might say, oh, well, you know, I'm in the food, but I really need a spiritual experience, and then I'll get out of the food. But I want to be really clear that in my, in my experience, I could not get to God I could not even start the work to approach God if I was not willing to put the food down and be entirely abstinent. I could not have a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, which is the only way in my my experience that I've gotten to God is by doing the work. This isn't about going to church, Going to temple, going to Buddha, Allah, whoever it is you worship, and saying, Hey, you know what? You got to heal me. It is eventually, maybe, and maybe that's what's going to work for you. But if you are a selfish, self seeking, dishonest, and frightened food addict like me, I have to do the steps. Something has to break down my ego and my will. And that is the 12 steps. So for me, again, you know, just looking at this chapter, it's so important. It's the start of step two. Do I identify in? Do I have this illness? And if I do, what are my old beliefs? What is preventing me from from getting to this God? And that, you know, step two is only I came to believe in a power greater than me that could restore me to sanity. I don't under- need to understand who he is, what he looks like, or what her shape or form is. I just need to know what my old beliefs are and how to start this process of uncovering discovering and discarding to get to God. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Larry Kay, you're up followed by Harlan G.
8: Hey, Katie. Good morning. Thank you for your service. Um, it's Larry Kay. I'm, I'm recovered this morning. So, um, I'm just going to zero in on, on the word, um, illness, it talks about an illness, maybe suffering from an illness. And, you know, I, I think it's important for me to, to take a look at the word disease. Um, the word disease can be confused um, because its meaning has changed from its basic origin over time, and that's okay. In its simplicity, you know, the uh, the first part of the word, dis, denotes means a reversal of something. And ease, of course, means the absence of difficulty or better yet, you know, effortlessness. So, so the, the word disease, taking a look at the illness literally means the reversal of this natural state of effortlessness. And I need to know that because when practicing my disease in the midst of this progressive illness, my life was anything but effortless. I didn't go with the flow. I was not comfortable in my own skin. In fact, with nearly everything I did, you know, the one common denominator was it was struggle. It always felt like I, I was swimming upstream. It was always a struggle. And however successful I was in certain areas of my life, life felt like a, like a battle where at the end of each battle, you kind of needed like an accountant to tally the dead bodies on the battlefield of life. That's what it felt like for me. So in the big book, you know, I have to learn that if you have this thing, this allergy of the body and, and this mental twist, the only chance of being brought back into kind of a place of homeostasis of balance is a spiritual awakening and the spiritual awakening is the result of these steps it brings me back into a natural state of effortlessness it's like hitting you know uh it's like hitting uh, uh control alt delete it's kind of a reset and now my computer may be exposed to another virus using a poor analogy here but but i have access to the geek squad right i have access i have a process by which i can stay in the state of effortlessness when i'm brought into alignment with my higher power and it happens from through the steps so it's funny how we study these paragraphs and the words because if i don't build a basis of understanding not perfect understanding but if i don't have a basis of understanding then when i get to the actions I'm not going to follow them precisely. Why would I? I don't even have a strong basis of my problem, of the solution to my problem we're going to learn about in this chapter. And how in the hell am I going to bring that solution to light? That's why we study every day. And I'm grateful. With that, I pass. Thank, thank you
0: so much, Larry. Sorry. Um, Okay, Harlan G., you're up, followed by Jackie.
9: Thanks, Katie, and thanks to Team Tuesday for making this wonderful meeting possible. I'm Harlan G., and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader in Scottsdale, Arizona. I look at the title of this chapter, and it says, We Agnostics. And for decades of my life, I came into this chapter, and I read it in my mind as We Atheists, and that's not true. An atheist is someone who believes that there is no God. A believer is someone who believes that there is a God. What is an agnostic? An agnostic is someone who lacks knowledge as to whether or not there is one. Ag means without. Gnostic means knowledge. Someone who doesn't know. And we look at this chapter, and this is the first of the – this is the only chapter, really, where we're going to strictly talk about uh, step two. But it says, once again, it says here in the preceding chapters, you've learned something of alcoholism. What did we learn of alcoholism? We learned that alcoholism is defined as an allergy of the body, an adverse abnormal reaction of the body to a food, beverage, or substance. And a twist of the mind which drives us irresistibly into the food in search of relief from the untenable, unbearable, unrelenting pain of not eating. Now, when I came into this program, I, like many of us, tried to drag a God from my childhood into my program, and it didn't work. Like many of us, I felt God had screwed me over. And the idea that God was personal to me, like Bill describes in his story was very strange because they never taught me that as a child. My God spoke only Hebrew. I didn't like that. My God was out to get me. I didn't like that. My God was a punishing God. I didn't like that. So I had to create and define a new higher power that was personal to me And I had to start giving that higher power characteristics which I was willing to believe in. Nothing says I must believe. It says I must be willing to believe. And if I cannot start from the concept of a higher power, then as John Kay in Los Angeles, my sponsor, says, sometimes I have to start with the concept of looking at myself as a lesser power. What do I know? Let's go with what I know. In geometry, we go with the given first. The given here is Harlan cannot control the amount he eats once he starts because of the physical allergy. Harlan cannot keep himself from eating now that he wants to stay stopped because of the mental twist. So therefore, by definition, Harlan is a lesser power. Time. And that's where I had to start. And with that I will pass. Thank you.
1: Good job, Harlan.
9: Okay.
0: Uh if you're not Jackie, please mute yourself. And uh let's have Jackie followed by Amy G.
5: This is Jackie O in Charleston and I'm a recovering compulsive overeater. Um thank you so much. For the meeting, all the shares have been really helpful so far. Um, and it's been <clears throat> really interesting for me uh, to kind of go through this process with food and sort of having this uncovering process of the reality that I have a strong relationship with a higher power. I understand powerlessness, but I sort of have compartmentalized this certain area of my life where I'm still in you know trying to control it and I haven't surrendered and given it over to my higher power and so this chapter you know this this just simple reality check for me it's so simple when it says when you honestly want to you find you cannot quit entirely or if once started, you you have little control of the amount you take, you're probably alcoholic. And so, you know, I I can keep it really, really, very simple, and that reminds me that I need my higher power with this food stuff. Um, and I I also appreciate what was shared about the complete abstinence has to come first. Um, that I I can't just you know, hope for uh, like a miracle to come and just poof, all of a sudden everything is better. I have to be willing to do the work. Um, And so removing those foods, and it's been a challenge, but I'm asking, you know, simply to do one day at a time. And I'm just grateful that these meetings are here and that um, you guys all have been through, you know, the recovery process with this, so I'm grateful. Thanks so much for letting me share.
1: I'll pass.
3: Thank you,
0: Jackie. Okay, Amy G., you're up.
1: Good morning, Katie. Thank you for your
10: service, and thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. I, too, am going to focus in on... If that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience um, experience will will conquer, uh, conquer, win, beat. You know, let's look at where we are, where we where we've come in this book. We've read the forewords. We realize that this is a a program that has grown and has has worked. That's why it's grown. We learn about Bill's story. We identify in. We hear the doctor's opinion, a medical professional saying that you can rely on what these laymen say because they've got something that worked, that's saving and transforming lives. And then we're in the, there is the solution that drills down, again, the aspect of what it says in the doctor's opinion, that we have a twofold nature of this disease, a physical allergy, but the greater aspect being that mental obsession. And if we go to page 25 in this, in this chapter, it says, if you're as seriously alcoholic or a compulsive overeater as we were, we believe there's no middle-of-the-road solution. We're in a position where life was becoming impossible, and we pass into the region from which there is no return from human aid, we had but two alternatives. One was to go on to the bitter end, blotting out the consciousness of our intolerable situation as best we could, and the other to accept spiritual health. And this we did because we wanted to, because we had to. And at the end of There is a Solution, it says, once more the alcoholic at certain times has no effective mental defense against the first drink, except in a few rare cases neither he or any other human being can provide such a defense. His defense must come from a higher power. And I don't know about you all, but do you hear the nails in the coffin? I mean, I have to make a decision. Am I powerless? Am I truly accepting who and what I am? Do I have this illness? And if I do, then my defense cannot come from me because a sick mind can't heal a sick mind. And if I have this mental obsession and I make this decision at step one, then here comes step two. I've got to believe in a higher power, whatever that higher power is. And I've said it before, you know, my sponsor said to me, I don't care if you think it's Jesus, Buddha, or the universal vibes of a tree, as long as it's not you, and it's greater than you. And here we are in We Agnostics, where they knew how much of an issue this was. They've dedicated an entire chapter to it, to say, hey, the solution is not a diet, that's like putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. The solution is not therapy to fix your mind in that way, it has to come from a spiritual experience. The malady is spiritual. The disease is physical and mental, but the, mal- the, the actual malady and the recovery is spiritual. So if I don't know what that is, I better find out what that is, and I better be open to what is out there, because for me to go back is to die from compulsive overeating. So I had to be willing to be honest, open, open and willing. And here we are, we agnostics, which I understand completely because that's where I was when I came into this program, firmly entrenched in my agnostic So I had to be willing to be open to listen to what was going to be said, and that's what we're going to do here in this chapter. And with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you,
0: Amy. Okay, if you just joined us, we're on page 44, the first paragraph of Chapter 4, We Agnostics. Who else would like to share?
1: Pasta B,
11: Please
0: oh. the R. Ba- okay. Elaine. B. A Just a second. Vasa o. Eddie me. B. one moment. Darian K. Okay. Vasa o, Lisa B, Nessa okay. R.
4: Elaine. B. I heard.
0: Elaine B. Reva T.
12: Darian
0: K. Reva P, Darian K. Leva P, Darian K. Okay, did I hear Nessa R? Or was it Leva P? Sometimes your voices sound the same. No, okay. Yes, you oh. did. You did. Yeah, I did hear you. Okay, great. Okay. Did I miss anyone? I have Vasa O, Lisa B. Did Nessa you hear me, R, Preet, and... Kieran? No. Preve Kieran, and Edini. Um, I missed. Okay, just sorry. <laughs> Sorry, let me start over. VASA O, Lisa B, Nessa R, Elaine B, Reva P, Darian something, Preve something, and Irini. And we'll try to get all those
13: in. VASA O, you're up, followed by Lisa B. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And good morning, everyone. I'm VASA, grateful, recovered, compulsive, Oveda. Calling from Florida. And uh, I like this uh, chapter, diagnostics, I was born in a communist country and lived there for 15 years, and we were taught in school there was no God, and a lot of people were, lost their jobs if they went to church, and and it was very chaotic in the communism. So, and then I also grew up in a religious home, so I was really confused, you know, whether there is really God or there wasn't. But anyways, I'm just so grateful that I was given the, you know, the, the disease of compulsive overeating. And I did grow up also with a fear for punishing God, that God was going to punish me and was going to get me. And I remember, you know, imagining God in heaven and had a... Uh, a notebook in front of him, and writing all the sins, all the what Vasa was going on earth, so when I die, I was going to be punished or put in hell. I mean craziness that went in my head, but that 's the truth that 's what I thought and believed. but I like this paragraph: If when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely or or if when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take, you 're probably an alcoholic i 'm food addict. If that be the case, you may be suffering from illness which only spiritual experience will c- conquer. And uh, I had no understanding when I came to Overeaters Anonymous about uh, the spirituality. I had no, no understanding about the allergy. I had some understanding of the mental obsession because I was always thinking about the food, but that, I thought that was uh, normal. So, I had the gift of desperation, and uh, I remember when I heard people uh, that 's a gift. How could it be a gift? How could I put all these alcoholic foods that I love so much down, and especially for the rest of my lifetime and uh, you know but I needed to do that because it was drug and it was killing me killing me so uh, I made a decision I was ready and willing to surrender to a higher power greater than myself to help me I didn't know who this higher power was going to be but I did it anyways I I couldn't do it any longer by, by myself so my sponsor that time said Vasa the only way we can do this if we find us if we find a God um, a higher power that's greater than ourselves and I was also, ready willing because I really didn't want to die. It was going to kill me. And um, I, you know, I'm just going to sit, I don't want to share too much, but I will share a little bit later, you know, maybe tomorrow, the death of tomorrow, how that spiritual experience came to me. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa. Lisa B, you're up, followed by Nessa R.
13: Good morning, Katie. Thank you.
11: This is Lisa B. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, and thank you for your service this morning. Um, I wanted to share my experience, strength, and hope on this reading today. For me, analysis paralysis, like just keep thinking about things, that was my biggest problem. And I think what really helped me was to get the understanding with this chapter, it's all about just being willing to believe and that my way is not working, it's never worked, that I'm screwed with this illness, that I will die, but I will die a long time in my body, I mean, in my mind, in my spirit, in my soul, a long time before my body will give out. So I think for me, what really helped in this reading was action, action, action. I, every morning when I was in this chapter with my sponsor, um, I knew I can't think. Don't think so much. Just get up, have your game plan for today. Who am I going to be calling? What am I going to share on with these calls? Am I going to make some outreach calls? You know, am I going to be listening to the meeting? Do I have my food plan clear in my mind what I'm going to be eating? It was all about action. And it's like my feet just carried me, not my mind and not my emotions. And before you knew it, I was through with reading this uh, recovery portion of our big book with my sponsor, and I was recovered, and I had a spiritual awakening, so it wasn't in this chapter. It was just being clear, like it talks about in this chapter. We have learned something of alcoholism. I learned in the preceding chapters more clearly who and what I am, that that allergy of the body is vital, that i be so clear on my alcoholic substances, not so much my nutritionist or dietician needs to know, I need to know. I need to know what my allergic substances are and what happens to me. I also need to know that the worst and greater aspect of this illness is my mind and that I'm screwed. That's all I needed to know and that the solution is the spiritual awakening. But it's not going to happen in this chapter and I need, don't need to have it all figured out. And I think that's what I wanted to share, just that keep moving, keep moving. It's all about action. It's so much more about action than I ever knew it was about action. And it's still like that today. It's not about the thinking and figuring it out. It's about the doing. And then being, the being begins to happen inside of me as a result of doing. Thank you. I pass.
0: Thank you, Lisa. Okay, Nessa R., you're up, followed by Elaine B.
6: Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So um, I have always believed in God. And not only have always believed in God, I believed in the, I guess, quote unquote, right kind of God. I believe that God is benevolent and kind. Never thought that he was out to get me. And so when I read this chapter, when I, I, didn't, I didn't read this chapter, when I saw the title of this chapter, I thought, "Oh, I can skip this one because I got it." And the truth is that this chapter is teaching me why I need God, because as much as I believed in the right kind of God, um, he was not so involved in my life. I, I didn't think I really um, needed him.) Um, you know because i could I could take care of things except when I couldn't take care of things, and then the way I used them was, okay, God, do this for me, do that for me god if i do if I do this for you, then you'll give me my my reward you know and it was a very childish relationship with God. um this chapter also teaches me that um I actually have two gods, the capital g God, um my spiritual um um, as a savior, and um, a small G God, and that is, is food. And as a human being, I'm always going to uh, to serve um, a master. And so what is my choice? Is it going to be the, the the big G God, or is it going to be another God? And here in this chapter, we're going to talk about other gods, you know, the God of reason. And nowadays in our society, we have so many other gods that we don't even identify as such, but we pursue and worship relentlessly like like money and beauty and fitness and fame and power, um, you know, you name it, you name it. For me, that God was food. And to you know, a lesser extent, it was also beauty and fitness because I thought, you know, once I'm thin and I'm, then I'm beautiful, then I'm going to be happy. But it's not that. It's not that at all. And every everything I do today, I realize either it moves me closer to the food and away from God or closer to God and away from the food and every decision that I make that, that uh, um, makes me closer to God also puts me farther and farther away from the food and this is what the recovery process does this is what the spiritual transformation is about this is what the, the steps accomplished when um, when practiced in entire act abstinence because that's what they did for me and that I passed thank you
0: Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Elaine B., you're up, followed by Reva P.
6: Thank you very much for your
14: service, Katie. This is Elaine B., recovered in Massachusetts. And two vital things in this paragraph here. um, First of all is, you know, have I been convinced? When I get to this place, have I been convinced? that I love how a recent special edition person shared that, um, have I completely lost my power of choice and my control? and has the illusion that somehow someday I will be able to control this thing and have that power of choice has to be smashed. If it's been smashed, I'm in a great position. If not, we need to take a look at that some more. But then the idea of only a spiritual experience will conquer. Well, I had had a spiritual experience that was sufficient to bring about a real change of life that is the reason I'm alive today <laughs> many years before but you know we agnostics to me agnostic means I just don't know and you know what I think I have to know everything I think I have to have all the answers I think I have to keep all the balls up in the air I think it's all up to me those are some things that I still have to battle even today and I'm so grateful that I can set aside everything that I think I know about this power greater than myself that clearly was not enough for me to put down the food, as I discovered in a drastic relapse. And I walked out of, uh, you know, working with my sponsor. still in the rooms of OA. I was so impressed when I came in and you said people, I heard people say they get on their knees every morning and ask for help and get on their knees every night and say thank you. And that was something in all my spiritual experience I had never done. But then I learned so much more. Um, and And yet I hadn't had... The spiritual awakening I hadn't made it through the steps to find what I needed to find and what I found was that I had a god of my misunderstanding that as I did my step five up and gave gave away the things that I understood that I resented whatever I saw the block you know we're not guaranteed that that um, we'll get a spiritual awakening in step two or three or four or five or we we're just guaranteed it's going to happen by the time we're in twelve we will know a power greater than ourselves, that's not only um, sufficient for us to have a daily reprieve from the food, but you know what? It's sufficient to get me through every day because I get agnostic every day. When I start fearing, I have that God of my misunderstanding showing up. It's not gonna be enough, it's not gonna be enough. And I can pull back, do a 10 step, get in the day, get back to trust and reliance. I can get my head on straight again and I don't have to pick up the food. And with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs>
0: Excuse me. Thank you, Elaine. Reva P you're up, followed by Darren.
15: Good morning. It's Reva P Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. I wanted to share on the word agnostic and not knowing. Um and as other people have shared, I thought I was supposed to know and I was smart. So I should be able to figure things out. And the first thing that I absolutely did not know how to fix was my food and this disease. And I was doing the same thing every day, telling myself I wasn't going to do it again in the morning and ending up in the same place every night. Um, And it was wonderful to reach a point and to be told that I wasn't supposed to know I wasn't supposed to fix it myself. I was supposed to um, access a power that could do it for me. And for me, step two was just about acknowledging that I need something that's bigger than me. Anything. It doesn't have to be a God thing. It's just anything that's bigger than me because I can't do something. Um, So it started with that. And you know, lately I've had a lot of challenges with work, Um, It's still challenging uh, with my mother who's deteriorating. And I don't know how to deal and and I don't know what to do. And I don't like not knowing and I get very uncomfortable when I don't know and I get scared when I don't know. Um, But this program is teaching me it's okay not to know because I can access a power for everything everything and how do i come to know and access that power it's really very simple um i have to put down the food that's something i can do i'm not helpless even though i'm powerless and then i just have to remove the blocks i find this whole thing fascinating i don't have to sit like a guru for 10 hours a day i just have to do the step work and i experience god by removing the block the first one of which was the food but the bigger one is my distorted thinking, my resentments, my fears. Just do the step work, remove it, and then it's like, whoosh, like God just comes in, and I am amazed that answers are presented, um and I come to know something that I didn't know before um and that's that's um that's just an amazing experience and talking about conquer, somebody mentioned yesterday, it's way beyond relief, like this is freedom. This is not just relief. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Reva. Okay, Darian, it's your turn, followed by Frit Kareen
6: B.
12: Hi there, it's Darian Kay in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good. Um, So good to be here. Um, I think I just just press star zero, and there's three hundred and forty six of you out there, so whoo, <laughs> biggest meeting I've been to, um, but awesome and just huh, so blessed. Um, so I was just thinking um, just about the um, the just the God piece, I guess. Um, you know so i I thought in my mind this is how my mind operated that because um, I'm of the Jewish faith and I was bar mitzvahed that past mitzvah. I you know I was religious (laughs) because I I went all the way to 13 years old with um, religion (laughs) big deal right Um, and then um, and then when I first came into program and people were telling me to get on my knees I was like no, we just don't do that Um, and I just thought you know how could I ever get this program if I you know don't you know, do that kind of thing every day, twice a day. Um, and very wise people in the program very early on uh, when I first came in said, you know, just think about God as a practical God um, and just try to find what's comfortable for you. And even if you don't get on your knees, just humble yourself somehow so that you're not God and you're um, you know, in, in more of your right place. Um, and I also had to believe, which was really hard, that my food problem and food addiction was important enough for God to take on. Because um, in my mind, I had sort of two trains of thought. First of all, God was really for um, making peace in the world, um, you know, healing sick people, um, just big stuff. Or the whole opposite, finding me a boyfriend, <laughs> um, you know, making me feel better about something that I was sad about, you know, um, you know, dealing with Jeff, um, and and just things like that. So it was really, I had a lot of different concepts, but never thinking that, you know, my food problem was important enough for a higher power to take on with all the big, big things in the world. Um but, you know, I, I I changed that train of thought, thank you God, and um and just believed, you know, I was important enough and my food problem was important enough to take on and you know, I've been in programs since nineteen eighty six and um you know, it's just been such a miracle and I feel like my little spiritual awakening was when I was by myself weighing and measuring my food and I made a phone call and I said to somebody, There's nobody else around and I'm still measuring my food, honestly. Like that just it just blew my mind that nobody had to watch over me. And she said, yep, that's that's what it is. You know, you really Time. can work this program. Thank you. You can work this program no matter where you are, no matter who's around. um it's it's all about that higher power in your life um, helping you on a daily basis just to get through each day, each meal, um each each thing and that we that we have to deal with so i am so so grateful thank you so much for listening i'll pass thank you darian okay pre
0: Kareen b you're up followed by edini
16: thank you um may i be heard yes this is pre-karen thank you (laughs) this is pre-karen b i'm a compulsive overeater and grateful to be in this vision meeting um i My experience is that um, in the well, I sat in AA meetings for many, many years instead of OA meetings because um, I felt like that's where I could get the program and um, and I and hear it. Maybe that was just my ears, and uh, it's not to make anybody or anything wrong or bad, but it's just where I could hear the program and. and my first sponsor, they said, pick someone who has something, you know, um, that you want. And I asked this lady, Christine, to be my sponsor. And she asked me, um, do you have a higher power? I said, no. And she said, well, you can borrow mine. And that was my first experience of a higher power. Um, and I, um, and then from there, she said it could be anything and for me, it became the sunlight after I borrowed hers. But I continue and to, with my a food addiction, um, listen for the higher power and act on the higher power. So I heard somebody say about the action, um, the higher power is sometimes the action before I even know what it is. But one um, that came to me in the last couple of years was... Um, about eating at night and being fearful I was going to eat after dinner. And I remember hearing one lady say in a meeting, she says, I'm really glad when my dinner's done because more than likely I'm going to abstain from compulsive overeating that day if I get through dinner. And I used that and um, lo and behold, dinner wasn't the hardest meal anymore to finish because then I wouldn't be eating till breakfast. It became easy cuz I was borrowing Natalie's higher power or at least I heard my own higher power say that's a good idea. Just be grateful when dinner's over. You ate your three meals or you ate whatever your food plan was and you're probably going to go to sleep, you know, sober on food today. And um so I use that and and that's how I work with a higher power. Um, It changes. It doesn't have to be defined. It is a lot of times I find that it comes through after the action. So if I ask higher power or I don't ask higher power, but I rely on the higher power or the care of the higher power in some form, something I hear, something I do, something is there that brings me more into the light than the dark. That works for me. That's all I have. Thanks, Pastor.
0: Thank you so much. And Adini M., you're
17: up. Thank you, Katie, for your service. Thank you so much. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Idini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. So I do the things that I don't want to do, and I don't do the things that I want to do. So I just wanted to take that one bite, just one little bite. But then that bite bites me back until I'm devoured and I'm possessed and I can't stop. And I'm disconnected. I can't control things that are controlling me because I'm powerless, and I need a spiritual experience to be healed. I need to get connected So I can be connected and stay connected to a power that heals me. I need God to discipline me, to guide me, to set me right, and to align me with his power. So it's about honesty, knowing the truth, and then the truth will set me free. I need and have to let go of what was harming me and grab onto what will heal me. So I can't control this phenomenon of craving. So once I take that first bite, that triggers, and I call it a monster, it's inside of me. It, it, it has tasted that bite that I took, and it, all of a sudden it's awakened from its sleeping, and, and now it's even bigger and stronger than ever. And then I have gone to sleep. You know, I cannot be awake and asleep at the same time. I cannot serve two master's. Either I walk around sleeping and possessed and controlled by this monster inside of me, or I admit reality and the truth. I had to starve that monster and start feeding my soul by getting connected to God. So I can be awakened and starve the monster to sleep. So my spiritual path is to continue to be connected, to be awakened, leaning closer into his light and further away from my darkness. Being recovered means standing on God's foundation and through his power manifesting one of the spirits of the fruit, which is actually self-control. Thank you, God. I pass.
0: Thank you so much, Adini. And I will take the last minute. My name is Katie F. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And um, I came in here thinking that well I believe in God and just like others have shared I I didn't take this um, chapter very seriously because I thought I already had that part figured out which then the reality is if I had that part figured out then why was I still eating and why could I not uh, put the food down once and for all. So I had to look at it again and realize that I was agnostic. I was without knowledge because I was not letting my higher power into my life, into every area of my life. I thought that um, my food problem was um, just not something that God had time for and cared about. Um, And once I understood that this really is an illness and it's not about willpower and self-control, then I was able to ask God to help me through every single situation in my life, including my food. And with that, I'll pass. I'm really grateful um, for everyone who has helped this meeting to go um, smoothly this morning. Um, And I will now, we will now close. Oh, well, here we go. The share ID for today, Tuesday, March 27th, is 11,215. And um, thank you to all who uh, helped the meeting today for Esther F., Lee H., Susan H., Katie G., and Martha Z. for being in the wings. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Katie G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
4: Good morning, Katie. <clears throat> may, I be, may, I, may I be heard? Yes. Perfect. Good morning, my friends. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.